Hey folks, welcome back to Lords of Order, a DC's Dr. Fate fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. Episode 91 on the way. Feedback can be left on the website, bigtimenoise.com slash Fate. The Dr. Fate, or not the, excuse me, Dr. Fate fan podcast at gmail.com is the email address. Lords of Order has Google Plus and Facebook pages, and on Twitter, Teal, T-E-A-L Productions, will get the tweets to me. want to take a moment and thank Mr. Joe Crawford uh, for his part of the conversation we had about episode 89. Um, and uh, thank Professor Allen for introducing Joe to the show. So thank you both for the time and effort in listening to the show. I hope that you guys are enjoying it, as I hope everyone that listens enjoys it to some extent. Now, this episode, More Fun Comics, issue 88, February 1943, is the cover date, The Victim of Dr. Fate, the name of the story, which is the second story in the issue. Penciled and inked by Mr. Howard Sherman, scripted by Joe Samashin. This can be found reprinted in the Golden Age Dr. Fate archives from D.C. circa 2007, which is where I am reading from. Now, the narrator opens, telling us the fabulous Dr. Fate became an intern to save humanity from pain and suffering, to cure and not to kill. Then came his great chance, the chance to save a man apparently doomed to death by three bullets, and the man died. Did Dr. Fate kill him, or did his negligence or ignorance condemn the man to die? Dr. Fate thought so, until he followed the trail of Mad Dog McBain and learned the secret that lay behind the sealed lips of the victim of Dr. Fate. Now, the uh, antagonist in this story, Mad Dog McBain, he has got a mug as drawn by Mr. Sherman, only a mother could love, much as the frog did in the uh, issue, the story I talked about in the previous episode. These last two uh, bad guys have been mighty unattractive, uh, shall we say, facially. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Something interesting that I noticed in reading this one. We open with Doctor with uh, Kent Nelson, uh, intern slash doctor. See, I, I don't know which he is. I don't know if you become a doctor after you intern, or if you can be considered a doctor before you finished an internship. So I'm I'm not sure. But uh, he he is referred to as doctor by most people in the story. He is called to the office of Dr. Rowland, who is being beseeched by a police officer to operate and uh, save a witness that will put Mad Dog McBain in prison for the murder of uh, many men. Twelve, I think the police officer says later on in the story. So Kent accepts the uh, challenge of saving the man. He's been shot three times, so it's, it's going to be quite the operation. Uh, he does go. He successfully operates on the man, extracts all three bullets. The patient does survive the operation, but soon after, he dies. Kent feels it was his fault uh, through negligence or through lack of ability or through something. Obviously, Kent feels it was my fault because I operated on him and then he died. So it must be me. So he goes into this, you know, kind of 
pity party kind of thing, whereas Roland and the nurse and the police officer all tell him, dude, you did everything you could, everything humanly possible even, and he died. It's not your fault. You you tried. He died. Uh, no, no uh, rhyme intended necessarily. Um, and so, you know, that that's what it is. Well, Kent won't let it go. So he checks into things as Dr. Fate and his crystal ball o discernment or whatever you want to call it and sees uh, Mad Dog. So he decides he's going to go talk to Mad Dog himself. If this gentleman was necessary to put Mad Dog away, uh, perhaps Dr. Fate can accomplish what this gentleman was going to do but now can't because he has he has died. So Fate uh, locates Mad Dog and sees that he and some of his henchmen are going back to the hospital. Now, this apparently has nothing to do with room 406, uh, which we found out last episode was kind of a fishy room. So perhaps that has been fixed. Uh, perhaps not. It would be funny if they used that again in, in another story. They go to the hospital to get the body of uh, the deceased. But Dr. Fate is there and intercepts with his uh, witty banter. Do all your howling now, Mad Dog. Soon you're going to be muzzled, he says. So you're one of the of Mad Dog's whelps. Here's a piece of meat for you, my fist, as he punches one. And here's a bone for you to gnaw on, as he punches a second. Funny, funny quips. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Uh, they're entertaining, but it's not my brand of humor, necessarily. Uh, as, as he's fighting off the room, the corridor where they're at, rather, suddenly becomes filled with a choking cloud and uh, mad dog apparently it looks like because he was he was the first struck but apparently he didn't knock him out mad dog has loosed some sort of poison gas dr fate knows that that is his weakness he scoops up the nurse so she will not be harmed uh, that was in the hallway there when they came in and gets away uh, as he goes you know one way and his attention uh is is drawn there mad dog and the bad guys escape some other way outside they go back to their lair uh dr fate with his magic ring of blinkiness locates mad dog who on the way back to his lair stopped long enough to get a bubble blowing pipe uh, that's how he's going to get Dr. Fate once and for all, with this. And he and he shows his men a, a pipe that, that blows bubbles, which I think most of us probably have had, right, somewhere along the way. Um, who knows? I maybe even still have one somewhere in all the stuff I seem to collect and never get rid of. Fate locates tracks and arrives at their hideout, goes inside, and finds himself unceremoniously, I may add, trapped in a four-walled invisible glass container that uh, the one side drops as he enters, and then the other three sides drop as he is distracted. And then he notices there are bubbles floating around in that uh, new room, I guess you could say, that is made by that that indestructible glass. Mad Dog tells Fate that each bubble is filled with poisonous gas, and as those bubbles break, the gas will fill the room until finally you succumb, Dr. Fate. Although he didn't use the word succumb because he's a gangster. They don't know those big words like that. 
fate mouth open hand on his throat as he as he gasps for air like a like a fish out of water i don't know but that seems to be maybe what they're drawing kind of that gasping mouth working kind of breathing thing but fate then takes his hand and, and he starts moving it like he's doing some sort of magical gesture one of the other gangsters tells mad dog only to find out that what he was doing is with his uh his magic ring of location plus three, he was cutting the glass like, uh, how did he put it, like putty, and then punches through. Uh, I, I'm not really sure how that would work, because if you cut the glass, it's not, I don't know. So, But that's what he did. He gets out, attacks the men. They try to shoot him with the gun, but, you know, no guns. guns. You would think that word would, word would get through the underworld, that guns do not work on Dr. Fate. Just like word is starting to spread that this poisonous gas thing is kind of the way to do it if you want to get to him. We have seen it coming up, and Mad Dog, this is the second time Mad Dog tries it, and he tries it, let's see, one... To, he tries it twice more in this story. So Mad Dog has gotten the word that poisonous gas is the way to defeat Dr. Fate. And he keeps trying. He will not let that go. He keeps trying. So Fate, uh, with more quips, defeats the gang. One of them, though, gets the drop on him with a tie and tries to choke him out, uh, which is something new. He's almost successful, but Dr. Fate does does the the grab and and throw him because the guy's behind him holding the tie and he he grabs the the tie so that it doesn't choke him and then throws him over his head and the the gangster catapults up against the wall uh mad dog escapes and dr fate lets it go he'll he'll catch up with him again because it is time for kent nelson to be a doctor and so he has to, which is odd. I mean, he's in the midst of trying to round up these bad guys, but he has to stop because Kent Nelson has to go do something. You would think finding the gangsters would be more important, be kind of higher on the list. But so he goes, and um, as he's there, he's he's helping some some other people, you know, and and the nurse is trying to get him out of his funk. Showing him, illustrating to him the good that he he still does, despite you know what recently happened. Whisper, whisper. And the uh, the head doctor tells Kent that uh, oddly enough, the body of that that dude that died on the table, the witness, the body's disappeared. Have you ever heard of such a thing? And so Kent Nelson uh, understands what that is because he knows, you know, earlier Mad Dog and his crew were trying to get that body. So he he dashes out. With, uh, sorry, uh, this goes back to earlier here just, just a moment ago. He's in a rush to be Kent Nelson. But if anything happens while he's Kent Nelson, he rushes out as Dr. Fate. So which is worse as Kent Nelson not showing up? Or constantly showing up and having to cut out mid-shift. You know, I, I I would think it would be easily more easily explained why he doesn't come in than why he comes in and then disappears halfway through his shift. But that's just me. Kent turns into Dr. Fate. Using his crystal ball, he discerns where Mad Dog is, locates them, sees that he and his crew have taken the body on board a, a small outboard boat on the lake, I guess, a, near, a nearby lake. Yeah. 
and tracks him down. First knocks Mad Dog into the water, but then as he turns around to continue his assault on the other two gangsters, one of the gangsters picks up yet another poison gas gun and fires it at Dr. Fate. He succumbs, becomes unconscious, falls into the water, wakes up in the water uh, after afterwards, a little while afterwards, saying, it's a good thing that the poison gas paralyzed my lungs, preventing me from breathing in any water. So uh, that's a good thing, I guess. So Dr. Fate has lost track of them. Uh, he doesn't have his crystal ball. He he does have his super glowy ring of, of location plus three. Uh, but, you know, that won't tell him any specifics. That'll just kind of, I guess it just, like I said, um, I don't know, maybe last episode. It glows, and I guess it glows more intensely the closer you get. So it's kind of a a rough scrying kind of device, but it's not very specific. So Dr. Fate decides that he himself, Dr. Fate, is going to let the dogs out. So he goes to a nearby kennel and gets a group of hound dogs, leashes them up, takes them to the boat, takes them to the dock where the boat is docked. The dogs get the trail. Everyone sets off on their merry way trying to track down Mad Dog. Ultimately, he does. He he reins the dogs in and tries to... um, capture the gangsters via fisticuffs, but no. For the fourth time this story, Mad Dog looses the poison gas from a gun. Doesn't work. Fate ducks under the cloud. Knocks all the men out. Hearing the melee, several members of the local police department arrive by motorcycle. I will add here. So it's an opportunity for Mr. Sherman to draw a couple motorcycles in the panel. Uh, But in the ensuing melee with the other gangsters, Mad Dog escaped. So the other gangsters are captured, but Mad Dog is still out there. Gathering up the hound dogs yet again, Dr. Fate sets off, tracking uh, uh, tracking Mad Dog to a stream. Now, we all know that the way to lose dogs is to go through a stream. Upstream, downstream, whichever, and then cross over. So Dr. Fate realizes this too, and at this point decides to use his uh, ring of location plus three. And it's glowing a lot, very intensely. And he discerns that Mad Dog is somewhere nearby. We need to look up. And he looks up into the trees and sees in one of them as Mad Dog grabs him, takes him in. Uh, Mad Dog admits rather than being fed to the dogs, which is what Dr. Fate said he would do to Mad Dog if he didn't confess. Uh, Mad Dog says, you're right, Nelson did not kill that witness. I did. I was the anesthesiologist and fed him poison to kill him, to keep him from testifying. So, Fate uh, slash Nelson relays this information to the hospital because the final two panels are Dr. Rowland telling Dr. Intern Nelson that he was indeed correct that the man died from poison and not from any uh, lack or malfeasance on the part of Dr. Nelson himself. Finally, the narrator tells us, no criminal escapes the penalty for his crimes when the fantastic figure of the man of magic gets on his trail. 
As a tonic for jaded appetites, follow Dr. Fate's adventures every month in more fun comics. And thus ends our adventure for today. Next time up, looks like what's on slate is All-Star Comics issue 15, marked February, March 1943. Uh, Last episode, I failed to mention All-Star Comics issue, or not All-Star Comics, Young All-Stars issue 27. I had a nice throwback reference to the story from All-Star Comics 14 in it, as well as just a cool little layout uh, that was a catch-up of what all the extended members of the All-Star Squadron and Young All-Stars have been doing recently. Almost a a panel-by-panel, character-by-character kind of catch-up of what they're doing on the home front, because a lot of those characters we haven't seen since the end of All-Star Squadron as the Young All-Stars had a smaller cast. So it was a quick catch-up on a lot of characters we don't see very often. Uh, there was an appearance by Dr. Fate, but he, he was a talking head. Uh, nice throwback, though, to the overall adventures in All-Star Comics 14. All-Star Comics 15 is next up next time. Catch you guys then. Ciao. Lords of Order is a Teal production, and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative 3.0 unported license.